Hello, uh, my name is Guillaume Desaubry. I am a partner at FIDAL uh, and a senior lecturer in public law uh, at University of Amiens. I also teach uh, energy law at Paris Assas University and at Sciences Po Paris. Uh, finally, I am a researcher at the Share European Electricity Market uh, at Dauphine University and a member of the board of the French Energy Law Association. Welcome in this uh, FSR podcast dedicated to remit issues. Uh, in the context of the current energy crisis, transparency on wholesale market is a major concern for market players and remit issues become even more important. We found it interesting to comment two recent cases in France related to unavailability of power plants and the consequences regarding remit regulation. The first case concerns the EDF group and relates to the availability of nuclear power plants. The second case concerns NG and relates to an outage, an outage on Combi Gulf uh, gas fire power plant. Uh, and to talk about these issues, I have the great pleasure to share the floor with two experts in this field. First, Alexandra Bonhomme. Alexandra is director of the legal department at the French regulator, Creux, and Emeric de Vigan, vice president uh, power at Kepler and analytics uh, company. Before moving to the cases, maybe uh, Alexandra, you could present us the CORDIS and the main procedural aspects before CORDIS. Thank you, Guillaume, for your invitation to the podcast. It's a pleasure to have the opportunity to discuss market operators' practices on the wholesale, especially in the context of unprecedented price increases in both electricity and gas markets. To answer your first question, the Dispute Settlement and Sanction Committee, CORDIS, is an independent body with the Energy Regulatory Commission, the CRE in French, which is composed of judge referees from the Conseil d'État and the Cour de Cassation. The committee's power to impose financial penalties for remit breaches. The sanction decisions relative to remit adopted so far were introduced by a referral from the Commission's president following an, an investigation phase conducted by an investigating officer from the crew staff, which led to an investigation report. The specificity of the procedure is that once the referral is made, it belongs to the CORDIS president to appoint one of its members who will decide whether to open or close a further investigation. That's the enforcement phase. The appoint appointed member investigates the case in an independent manner. When he or she has concluded his or her assessment of the evidence and continues to consider that a breach of remit has occurred, he or she will send a statement of objection to the interested party who is given the opportunity to submit its written observations. If requested by the party under 
investigation, the member will also provide it with a disclosure of the evidence and she or he relays on the context hearing. The person under our investigation is then called to a hearing before the CORDIS, during which the appointing member and the party make their observations. Decisions on finding breaches, imposing sanctions and publishing information are taken by the members of the committee who who've uh, had no direct involvement in establishing the evidence on which the decision is based. Finally, the party may refer to the decision to the Conseil d'État, which has uh, jurisdiction over the sanction disputes. At each stage of the procedure, the person under investigation can make its observations and share its point of view on the case. This in-depth adversarial debate allows the committee to reach its decision after having all the relevant facts of the case, the person's responses and any other documents to case team considers appropriate. This, with no doubt, shows the legal sound soundness of the decision. Let's point out that the Conseil d'État confirmed both sanction decisions of remit cases which were referred to it. Regarding the other sanction decisions handed down by the Cordis, none of them were referred to the Conseil d'État. Thank you very much, Alexandra. Let's move to the first case that we would like to discuss today, and that relates to the availability of nuclear power plants. The fact of this case date back to 2015 and 2016 when concerns occur regarding anomalies in pieces that were manufactured in a Creusot factory. Those anomalies were found on one reactor and the question was then to know if other reactors could face the same problem. These issues fall within the competence of the Nuclear Safety Authority the ISM, and may lead to the authority imposing shutdowns for verification. The prospect of shutting down reactors became clearer during 2016, raising a first question regarding REMIT, which is the point at which this information became an inside information. The second issue is that as a result of these risks, EDF adapted its production forecast for 2016 and 2017. Those information were published. And EDF also decided to modify its hedging policy by applying a margin of prudence, a kind of safety margin, leading EDF to shorten its position on the forward future markets, which was not published. This decision was not published. And this is the second question in this case. Is the margin of prudence, if the, is this decision an infringement of remit provision um, and therefore uh, could lead to a sanction? Uh, Alexandra, could you present us uh, the CORDIS decisions and its conclusions on those two issues? 
the Cardis issued two sanction decisions on April the 25th, uh, 2022, one concerning EDF and the other concerning EDF's trading subsidiaries. Both decisions were issued after an extensive investigation and inquiry that lasted several years. The Cardis found that in a context of high electricity prices and stressed market due to the unavailability of several EDF nuclear reactors, EDF failed to publicly disclose inside information in an effective and timely manner. The information related to the request from the French Nuclear Safety Agency for additional controls over five nuclear reactors which would lead to their temporary unavailability. The CODIS uh, developed substantial considerations about the precise nature of the information. An information can be precise within the meaning of remit, even if uh, the set of circumstances or variables or the event to which the information refers and to which it relates are not either in part or entirely definite or certain and are only reasonably likely or plausible. The Cordis also stated that an information that is in incomplete or concerns changing data can nevertheless be uh, of a precise nature if its disclosure would enable the market participants to draw a conclusion as to the possible consequences that the state of the capacity or the use of, of the facilities in question could have on the prices of wholesale energy products and therefore on their positions in the energy wholesale markets. According to the CARDIS, there was no distinction to be made whether the capacity variation or the use of energy production facilities is the result of external circumstances to the, to the operator. This means that the operator must disclose the information even though the capacity variation or the use of the facilities does not originate from itself, but as in this case, for instance, originates uh, from a decision of a public authority such as the French Nuclear Regulatory Authority. This also applies even though the, the act making this change was not finally adopted, while in the light of all the circumstances of the case, it is reasonable to expect that such an act would be adopted and that it's possible to predict its impact on the capacity or use the energy generation facilities with uh, sufficient confidence. The CARDIS also stated that an information that is uh, incomplete or concerns changing data can nevertheless be a precise nature um, if its disclosure would enable uh, the market participants to draw a conclusion as uh, to the possible consequences that the state of the capacity or the use of the facilities in question could have on the prices of uh, wholesale energy products and therefore on their position in the energy wholesale markets.
The Cardis stated that the obligation to disclose inside information must be interpreted strictly. This obligation to disclose the information should not be extended to inform information on plans or strategies for trading that any reasonably well-informed market participants is likely to develop on its own and on its own behalf in the light of information that other market participants possess. It relates to recital uh, 12 uh, on the remit regulation, which states that information regarding the market participants on plans and strategies for trading should not be considered as inside information. In particular, uh, the obligation of a market participant who is also an operator of generation facilities to disclose information on the capacity or the use of uh, these facilities must not prevent this market participant from being able to continue developing their own plans and strategies for trading, providing that to do so, they do not use directly or indirectly inside information. Thank you very much, Alexandra, for those very clear elements. Uh, I don't know what your feeling is, but I think that this case is a milestone in the case law of Cordis, especially regarding the issue of the margin of prudence. The reasoning developed in the decision helps to understand the different stages of its assessment. If we look at the three phases of the procedure, the report of the investigator, the statement of objection and the decision itself, the, the evolution of the, of, the perception, of the perception and the appreciation of the margin in relation to remit is very interesting. First, in its report, the investigator leaves all the options open. The application of the margin could fall under Article 3, Prohibition of Inside Trading, Article 4, Publication of Inside Information, and even Article 5, Market Manipulation. Secondly, in the statement of objections, market manipulation is no longer mentioned, but it is alleged that EDF has infringed Article 4 by not having published the decision and then have infringed Article 3 on insider trading. Finally, and this is the third stage, as recalled by Alexandra, Cordis does not follow that reasoning and considers that the decision to apply the margin was not taken on the basis of inside information and that the margin cannot be considered in itself as inside information. Uh, the whole reasoning uh, looks very convincing when reading the, the, the decision. Um, so now, if we step back a little bit and if we try to look at uh, the, the context that we are facing at the moment uh, in France, in a way in Europe, uh, and the, the, the problem of the stress corrosion uh, that the nuclear fleet um, has to, um, to, to the, the, the problem of uh, stress corrosion. Emmerich, what is your view of remit application in this uh, highly uncertain context? So clearly with this stress corrosion issue, we are seeing uh, the gray area around the remit regulation. Um, because it's not um, a regulation that can force any 
producer to publish his assumptions. Uh, most of the producers see it as an obligation to give their uh, only uh, the information they're completely sure about. And in such a situation than this one, where clearly uh, you can't blame EDF for not being able to know exactly uh, if and when the units will be back, it is very difficult for them to publish the right information. So I think so far they've been doing their best efforts in publishing uh, any information as early as they had it. Now, on the other hand, there's another uh, issue, if I can say so, with the remit regulation, is that uh, by nature it doesn't take into account any unplanned outages that can happen between now and, uh, and then, uh, basically. Whereas we all know that he, for any kind of unit, not only nuclear reactors, but there are some unplanned outages happening. So clearly, the, any for future availability that you can derive from the remit and availability messages will be, by definition, an overestimation of, of uh, what will happen in, uh, in real time. What I guess is a little bit more questionable is uh, the huge difference we have seen between EDF corporate objective, uh, which has been around 280 terawatt hour for 2022, and any future uh, generation forecast you can derive from the remit messages. If you take into account what I just said before, it's more than fine that there's a difference, but the difference is higher than it has ever been. So I guess there's a good case here to think at the regulation in the future and how we can adjust the regulation, how we can uh, uh, adjust the rules so that the generators can publish not only some information they're sure about, but maybe they can, uh, maybe could um, publish their assumptions or at least their best assumptions. Thank you very much, Emeric, for sharing with us your view on this topic. Let's remain in the field of unplanned outages, but let's move to the Combi Golf case. The 23rd of January 2017, at four o'clock in the morning, the information that Combi Golf, a gas fire power plant, will be unavailable is published. The plant was supposed to be back on the grid only at 8 a.m. At 6 a.m., the information is published that Combi Golf will be back only at 12 o'clock and not at 8. However, just a few seconds before the information has been published, some orders have been placed by NG on the wholesale market. The question was therefore to find out if these actions fall under prohibition of Article 3 of Remit and prohibition of insider trading. In its decision issued on the 19th of May 2022, Cordis found that there was an infringement of Article 3A, the trading on the basis of an inside information, and of 3B uh, related to the disclosure of the inside information. Um, this decision is interesting in at least three respects. First, the decision helps to understand how an, an undertaking like NG is organized to comply with remit obligation. The decision describes the setup put in place by NG in a three stages with the generation activities, the electricity generation, the dispatch activities, 
which is linked to the optimization of the power plants, and the short-term trading. There is also a process of treatment of inside information with a message of stop trading before uh, the information has been published. Of course, this setup cannot guarantee that no mistake can occur, as in this case, but it is very interesting to understand uh, what kind of measures can be taken by undertakings in order to comply with REMI. The second interesting element in this case relates in this decision relates to the qualification of inside information. To be considered as inside information, four criteria should be met. The information must be precise, it must not have been made public, it should relate to a wholesale energy product, and it should have significant influence on the price of the wholesale product. On this last element, the assessment in the decision is not very convincing. It relies mainly on the capacity of the plant and the period of the year, January, but it does not describe the market condition as such uh, during the, this, this day uh, of the 23rd of January. The third interesting element uh, relates to the sanction and the level of the sanction, 80,000 euros, uh, which is quite uh, low. Uh, the regulator seems to have taken into account the cooperation of ENGIE throughout the procedure and the implementation of palliative measures. Uh, the taking into account of these considerations is unprecedented in the remit practice of CORDIS. It looks similar to uh, the approach of the, uh, the French Competition Authority, even if there is some differences, like for example, for the ADLC in France, uh, effective cooperation of the actor is considered as a mitigating circumstances. We are approaching the end of this podcast. Uh, maybe one last question to Alexandra. Uh, energy markets and their limits have been widely discussed in recent months. In your view, is REMIT uh, suitable for uh, monitoring wholesale markets in this context? First, regarding the recent decisions issued by the CORDIS, we lack perspective on how REMIT affects market participants' behavior. Second, in this highly unstable context, the Creuse monitoring of the wholesale markets is of particular importance. For instance, on the gas market, the Creuse focused its efforts to monitor transactions during the periods when gas prices were most sensitive to announcements, often of a political and uh, non-commercial nature, about European supplies. On the electricity market, the Creuse particularly monitor the quality of publications about the state of the electricity generation park, given their major impact on prices. The Creux is particularly attentive to the quality of publications relating to the unavailability of the, the electricity generation park. In this context, it specifically monitors the deadline for the publication of inside information by market participants. 
the scope monitored by the Creux within the context of the remit regulation represented more than uh, 5.2 million transactions carried out in 2021 on the wholesale energy markets for more than uh, 1,399 uh, terawatt hours exchange or 111 billion euros in value. About 40 monitoring cases are currently being analyzed in depth. In February the 2nd, uh, 2022, the Conseil d'État issued its BPGM uh, decision resulting from the Cordis sanctions decision. It pointed out that the objective of uh, confidence of the market participants in the integrity of the wholesale energy markets is one of the key elements of uh, this regulation and that an infringement to this confidence constitutes a prejudice uh, to consumers. Implementing remit is fully within the scope of Crow's mis mission uh, given to it by French law, which consi consists of taking part to the proper functioning of the electricity and gas markets for the benefit of final consumers of energy. Such a mission is of importance in the ongoing energy crisis. Very interesting. Thank you, Alexandra. Uh, well, we are now uh, at the end of our podcast. So thank you to you both, Alexandra and Emeric. Thank you to you who are listening this podcast. If you want to read the decisions that we have been discussing today, you can find them on the website uh, of the French regulator, Creux. And if you want to follow um, the actuality of the wholesale electricity markets, you can follow Emeric account on Twitter. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh,